So welcome back to another episode of We Are Not Movie Critics. I'm your host, James, and I'm here with two wonderful people in Mark and Will. How are you both doing? Thumbs up. Good. Feeling good? Feeling I mean, fresh? I feel like I bullied Mark new into year. doing a thumbs up. <laughs> new year, new podcast. Can I, Let's can go. I put my thumb down now? <laughs> no, whole day. We've got a lot of good news to cover this week. We've got some Emmy news, got Gladiator 2 with some casting announcements. We've got a few horror films that are coming into public domain. Confirmed horror films. Confirmed horror films that are coming into the public domain that people are making. Got the some information about Wonka as well, passing a major milestone, which we'll get into a bit later as well. As always, everything is time-coded down below. If you want to jump around and you don't care about what we're talking about in this particular section, then go feel free to do that. But we're going to jump into our first piece of news, which is the Emmy winners, because last night it started off with the first night of the Emmys, and some notable awards were announced. So The Last of Us actually took home about eight awards. We've got The Bear as well, which for the award that it was given was the best comedy cast. Maybe they just thought it was a real tight Emmy yeah, uh, circulation is like we could probably take comedy. It feels weird to me with that one because it I don't does. really think it's, it's a very it's not, dramatic show. It's an extremely dramatic show. It's an extremely like anxiety-inducing mm-hmm. show as well. So I find it strange that that. I mean, kind of... familial trauma and like just the the idea of a of a kitchen being run like straight doesn't usually scream comedy to me no. in a failing business yeah there's a lot of swearing as well uh, there is there it's is funny. some scenes there is some scenes of like comedy it's very funny it, but i wouldn't say like normally like it's a very comedic comedic show i mean like going back to more emmy stuff yeah. how about we just keep talking about emmy stuff right? yeah yeah crap. like better call Saul. i would call it a very funny show yeah i wouldn't necessarily call it a comedy no exactly it's more dramatic rather than like comedy i think that will probably because mm-hmm. i think it's been nominated at the moment obviously the emmys is a long running thing it's going to be like there's another round of awards that come like throughout the month and stuff so i think that will obviously like it'll probably win a win a couple of awards they're probably well deserved mm-hmm. But yeah, did you guys watch The Last of Us? Do you think that was pretty deserved? You didn't watch, didn't watch that one. <laughs> it looks like they, it was a pretty. It was. A, I don't know if you've played the games or seen footage of the games yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It was a pretty, for most cases, like a quite a faithful reimagining of the games. You know, Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec. Yes. That's the one that he's from. There, he's. There's an episode there where they took it from the perspective of like one of the side characters and they basically expanded it out into like a really like deep love story mm-hmm. he's like the main focus of the episode doesn't focus on like ellie and joel at all and it's really powerful it's a really like great episode and, and he people won. got very mad on yeah the internet. people got quite mad on the internet even though like yeah if you look at the source material and that kind of like <laughs> it's it is in line yeah with what it is they obviously they take some like, liberties liberties with that but they yeah it's it is in line with what they do. A few of the other ones that got awards as well was Wednesday. I didn't really watch that one, but obviously... I didn't. I know people really enjoyed it, but I yeah. wasn't sure it was. I didn't sort of peg it for something that was Emmy award winning. Yeah, I think like earlier in the year, Jenna Ortega kind of like mm-hmm. took off and like took over the, the viral clips. Yeah, the like her. Yeah, her dancing and stuff obviously like like blew up, and she yeah she's she's got a lot of clout and fame and i think she's being asked to be in like a lot more shows now and stuff she, she was in like the scream film as well yes. like the, the well it's she was in the i thought she was in the original scream films was she in the original original so really that was she must yeah that was young. mate that was years ago mm-hmm. surely that was yeah i'm pretty what, sure what, like when she was like, like a child, child. Take a look. I mean, yeah, like, I wouldn't, be, have I wouldn't a, be surprised if Jenna Ortega just looks really great for her age. <laughs> no, because she's, she's like, actually like she's forty. Like twenty. I think oh, she's what? like twenty-two, isn't she? Or is she like? <laughs> well, we gotta. We, we can't. We can't spread misinformation. Yeah, yeah. No, I need to. I need I to know never. now because I'm. 
I'm curious. Definitely, <laughs> definitely born in 2002. So, uh, <laughs> so no. I'm pretty sure the original screen came out in like the 90s. Yeah, shows shows what I know. She was a fetus. <laughs> she was a literal fetus. Pretty fetus. <laughs> I mean, she was there in spirit. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it won an Emmy for outstanding production design for a narrative contemporary program. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. <laughs> but it sounds very well deserved. Obviously, it was a very well. Come here for information. Yeah, come to. The I'm like, place. there you go. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, she was in all these movies totally, yeah. and they won something for. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I really hope so. Someone we know who listens to this is like, oh, I've seen this thing. I, oh, I'm sure they'll know to find <laughs> yeah. out more. I'll tune in, and then she's like, we don't know either. <laughs> they come here. They come here for the news, and they're like, this is. I left more confusing when I joined. <laughs> But Papi Pascal was covered again, Papi so Pascal. people are getting their fix. Yeah, it's all that absolutely. matters. We'll move on to our next piece of news because I think that was a bit of a train wreck from <laughs> in terms of how much I know actually about the Emmys. Obviously, over to to you, Mark. This is a, a story that you brought to to the pod. So keeping with Papi Pascal, who yeah. is in this Gladiator Two is in the works. So I think they did casting mid last year. Yeah. I think it's set to come out november this year i don't know if that timeline will change but quite hyped for that it was obviously yeah. a, a a classic a very well received film how do, 2000. You, how do you feel about the original do you really like i love the original yeah. i think it's amazing incredible soundtrack as well and while hans zimmer is not doing the soundtrack for the <laughs> second one his so-called protege whose name oh. i can't remember is doing the soundtrack so i'm excited to see that because yeah now that i think about it i guess there is Part of me that's like, when Hans Zimmer retires, does all soundtrack just become bad? How do you become? Um, so I hope the protege is good. How do you become a protege in this business? Do you? Like, I imagine people are just comparing him to Hans Zimmer. I don't want like, to live. In he's that world. Hans Zimmer esque. He's almost living up to him. Yeah. No, I want it to be like he find him on the street and it's like I see promise in you. <laughs> Come like with me, Charlie and the Jug. He he won. He won the golden ticket. He turned up. Um, no, it, it looks really good. It's got Paul Mescal, who's been nominated for BAFTA and an Academy Award, I think, for yeah. After Sun. It's got Pedro Pascal, Denzel Washington. Weirdly, it's got Matt Lucas. Matt which would be Lucas. interesting. The original mother from the first Gladiator is also in it. Yeah, played by Matt Lucas. Not actually playing. And I think, from what I've read, the, the full story isn't like really out there. The plot, but yeah, yeah. it follows the son in the first Gladiator film. Which, if you remember it, he takes a liking to Maximus, mm. who is the the sort of hero of the story. Yeah. And I think it basically he doesn't want to become emperor. And wants to become a hero figure like yeah. Maximus. And so I'm guessing he joins the fighting pits. Mm. Whether or not he does that under like a different name and in disguise a bit. Mm. Or if he just straight up is like, I renounce my Caesarship and Caesarship, Emperor, whatever he was, and, and join that. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. The film's yeah. amazing. I think it's aged incredibly well. Yeah. I still can happily watch that film on the 10th 15th 20th watch mm. and really enjoy all of the fight scenes yeah. so yeah it'd think, be an interesting one i think a lot of like people i speak to i know a few people like gladiator is like their favorite film i've had a few people obviously even want to bring gladiator onto the the podcast so i think yeah it's touched mm. a lot of people's lives is russell crowe back he is, he is back uh, no 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 he's he not he's not the lead in the first he's not in this and so this isn't even the the end either this is now that they're, they're saying the gladiator series oh, implying okay. there is more 
past mm. two oh, potentially, yeah. which could get really bad. But maybe they'll stop like Shrek at the second. Um, <laughs> maybe they'll just stick to two, make two <laughs> yeah. solid films and then stop right there. No Russell Crowe. I think the only recurrent actor is the the mum from, from the first. She's back for the second. Joaquin Phoenix, it died yeah, in the first, so obviously not that. back. Russell Crowe's not in it. And then, yeah, Denzel Washington and a few new faces. Interesting. Like, I yeah, I I don't know. A lot of the films that I see the, nowadays, ones that from obviously from a long time ago or maybe not quite as long as Gladiator, but a lot of them are getting sequels at the moment like um mm. recently they just announced that they're doing despicable me 4 got an announcement they're doing megamind 2 which i think that kind of Bold. see the like people just like that movie on the internet honestly yeah. i'm not surprised i, I love that film it's great but it's i don't good... think that means you'll be able to make a good sequel no yeah. but it's it means you'll be memeable. able to sell a sequel yeah. true people will go and watch it once the royalties mm. on it will be trash but the initial unless it's just good good well, i mean true. they explored a lot of interesting mm. concepts with megamind and they can maybe do it again to to compare a similar it's not quite the same but avatar so yeah, the yeah. second avatar is just to, to me that gladiator avatar yeah. very big theatrical fight films yeah yeah and sort of the first one was massive the first yeah. gladiator obviously massive the first avatar massive so i hope the second gladiator is good i haven't actually seen the second avatar but i don't feel mm. like it got incredible it, there wasn't there wasn't like reception. a sharp drop off like it was no. still it was pr- pretty much around the same sort of quality as the first one so if you love the first one you probably love the second one okay but yeah how do you how do you feel about these films that are kind of being almost revived and like getting a sequel basically like every show or film that i think of at the moment is they're trying to market it more instead of i mm-hmm. guess creating like more original concepts it's like you look at uh, one of the shows that like jumps to mind at the moment is like Frasier from 20, 20 years ago. Just and it's run just, it again. Just, yeah, it's just like they're just running it again in terms of new stuff. I haven't watched it and I can't comment on, on the quality of it. But yeah, it's it's just weird to me. Instead of creating a lot more of these original IPs, they are just tending to play it safe. And yeah, I don't I know how you guys feel about just that. Just a lot more money is going into these sorts of things. So yeah. if you're going to be putting so much money into something, you have to hope that it gets a return. Yeah. And then, oh, wait all these people already know what a gladiator is let's yeah. just do it a, a two a gladiator two yeah. you'll watch it yeah exactly you cut 20 minutes of setup out of the film i guess because also true. it's already there yeah. everyone already knows uncle ben dies for spider-man <laughs> in, in gladiator so you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to um, explain that i want to be a cynic and be like oh, i i don't like it because they're going to ruin the originals but will's comments keep coming back to haunt me so it doesn't have to ruin it it's just more and if it's bad just pretend it doesn't exist (laughs) and just go back and watch the one you do like so yeah i guess in a way maybe i should be more positive that it's more potentially good Mm. cinema even if i don't have the highest hopes that everything they make sequels to is gonna be good yeah i was gonna say like is your level of excitement when they announce something that obviously you care about is it as high as it would be for i guess something it, it, it does no matter what it hits that nostalgic the first time it's unknown so yeah. it's not like you mm-hmm. can compare and i think it's a nervous excitement that you're like oh I, I want to be excited for this yeah. but i don't want to get too hyped before i know more yeah what's um, your what's your excitement level for gladiator 2 are you i'm pretty it's definitely one i'll go and see in the cinema because yeah. to me it's like june i think it's something you have to see i think in, in big screens around Sam. yeah i think like these days studios are just becoming a bit more you look at the last year and a lot of films flopped 
And I think the reason for that is that it's everything is on streaming these days. Like you have to have a reason to actually go out to the cinema and spend money. <laughs> it's not just you can't just put out a lackluster superhero film and like people are going to go and watch it anymore because there's a hundred that you can just watch on streaming if that's what you're craving so you have to as you say you have to have these big blockbuster style things gladiator 2 kind of would hit that because it's like oh it's like the the scale of like the coliseum and you watch it in the cinema and it's like a big battle necessarily needs to be that i was reading something like the reason barbie did so extremely well is because it was sold as not just a film it was sold as an event mm, like yeah. it's like oh get your do your barbie things wear your pink do barbenheimer yeah, yeah. and then like it exploded of course yeah. uh so if it's not ju- if it's if there's a reason to go to the cinema people will go to the cinema yeah very true and i guess that doesn't cost particularly much putting the barbie box in the lobby of a few cinemas exactly. costs yeah. nothing compared to what it brings in and and for me as it always is it's soundtrack like yeah yeah the more the soundtrack plays importance to the movie the more sitting in a pitch black room with a massive screen and speakers all around you yeah. makes such a huge difference so if you've got something that's carefully curated to like the experience it's going to obviously enhance it massively if i had an amazing surround sound setup at home maybe i'd be less likely but i don't and so i've yeah. seen i've rewatched june the first one at home and it it, it was nothing whereas i watched it twice in one week in cinemas because it was just the, just the constant hum of the background sound and the music and everything was just yeah. yeah it really makes it and that's that's why I think this Gladiator 2 will be something I'll have to go and see yeah, in cinema sure. we just need a bigger Chalamet make him bigger make his face bigger on the screen <laughs> it's too small at home yeah well, I need more Chalamet <laughs> it's interesting that you talked about <laughs> Chalamet because uh, our next piece of news is obviously covering yeah something about two him. movies I haven't watched yeah no, <laughs> um, it's like but I think it's it's very interesting because it caught me by surprise. I like Dune was a huge event. So it was a yeah. lot of stuff going on, and it made about I think it was what four hundred million at the box office yeah, as yeah. far as I'm reading. And uh, Wonka has surpassed it. Wonka, um, yeah. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sort of. Maybe to me Wonka is a bit of a joke. But I, I like. I, I'm hearing sort of mixed stuff about Wonka. I think a lot of people like it. I think a lot of people think it's a bit weak. Yeah. But. It is more, as far as different flavors of Chalamet, apparently people are finding Wonka a bit more palatable. Yeah. Maybe he works better as a as a candy, candy Eccentric man than man. a desert man. Yeah, I think like I've heard mixed things. I don't think um, Timothy Chalamet helped himself in the marketing because there was like a big controversial thing, which I'm not going to get into, which happened like right before like the release. Well, you of, can't just like, say that because I don't know what you're talking <laughs> no, about. Uh, the whole room staring. We'll talk at about James. it. We'll, we'll talk about it afterwards, um, and I'm sure you can Google it if you want to. Is this is another. Um, you don't want to accuse someone of something like nope, Will and his conviction. <laughs> no, that never made it. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about that. But yeah, and I think like the marketing of Wonka was. I mean. One other thing, Hugh Laurie has gone very publicly saying, "I hated filming." This. Oh, but he does it. He does that for every film. Does he? Like, yeah, he comes out after really? like every film. I think he's he, so Hugh Laurie and who's Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. They, hates filming Star Wars. Yeah, but it's like money me. He's like. <laughs> money me a lot now i i love that interview I always go back to it where he's like why do you why do you do this why do you love han solo and he's like they pay me a lot of money and like that's all i care about i wanted to buy another um, plane but yeah wonka i think like going back to obviously what we were saying about experiences and how it needs to be like a big cinematic thing mm-hmm. i think there's also room and scope for 
films around Christmas that kind of feel a little magical. even like hit that magic and like mm-hmm. it's the school holidays as well, so you need That's something true. to go and take your your kids to. And I, I think I've got one as well. Yeah, you say that it's not news, but Chicken Run Two came out on Netflix over Christmas. Now, I was I love Chicken Run. Mm-hmm. Chicken yeah. Run for me, massive nostalgia film, but a really good film as well. Yeah, yeah. Chicken Run Two was actually pretty good. Yeah. Like I was you, like, this is going to be bad. Was the first good? 20 minutes I was wincing. I was like, I don't like it. Let's yeah. make it stop. I watched the whole thing. It was really good. And it was a very good, like you said, Christmas, Christmas. release. Mm-hmm. Everybody sat down with their families like Wallace and Gromit and, yeah. and everything like that. And it was, yeah, it was a very good, to release it any other time of year, you would have struggled. Yeah. But because it was Christmas, everyone sat down with their I kids so, and watched yeah. Chicken Run too. This yeah. does check out. I think this makes a lot more sense. And it's hard to watch. It's hard to bring Dune around for the family, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think Getting like, your six-year-old niece yeah. to, to sit down and be like, no, pay attention to the desert more. There's like a three-hour desert film, basically. Yeah. Check out this like, cool worm. You yeah. love that. <laughs> oh. uh, it was Hugh, it's Hugh Grant, by the way, before uh, we move on. It was Hugh Laurie and Hugh Grant. I, oh, I was going to say, yeah. I was like, I get Hugh Laurie well. is in Wonka. Because yeah. now that you mention it, I would way prefer Hugh yeah. Laurie. <laughs> Hugh Laurie's old as well. I was yeah. like, wow. Like, is he Grandpa Joe in, oh, yes. in Wonka? No, I, <laughs> what I was going to bring up, I think the reason it's doing so well is that I don't think there's a, there's no Grandpa Joe in this one. They've listened to there's us no, and they've no given cameo. us what we don't yes. want. Yeah. They cut out. The Give me some. Give me something that I can hate on. I don't like him, but I want him in there so that I can hate on him. God damn. Maybe so, they'll do like a Madab spin-off. Maybe they're like I, I was working bad. in the Amazon with Grandpa Joe when I discovered chocolate. What's it? The line in the line in Madame Web his her web connects them all. It's like his bed connects them all with Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do want to go and check out Wonka. Um I think I'm actually going this week to to go and see that. And I've heard oh, it's nice. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it is fun and like it's <coughs> apparently if you like the show Peep Show, Ooh. um apparently it's got like all of their cast in it, essentially. Oh, okay. it's got, I like, do you um, say it was I was like, I did not think it was gonna be no, similar no, to no, Peep no. Show. <laughs> but like a lot really of, dry <laughs> British humour yeah. in apparently the Chocolate Factory. Lot, it's like they've got the uh they got the crew back together basically. So like Olivia Colman's in it. I can't I I don't know the names off the top of my head of who who are the others in it. But Mitchell. Uh, I don't I don't know if David Mitchell's like makes a cameo or if, uh, Jonathan Webb. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan Webb. Yeah. But I are think they? like a lot yeah. of people in the peep show world um hmm. have like a spin off. I think Rowan Atkinson's in it for a bit. Patterson Joseph, who is uh he plays uh what's his name? Who's the guy who's always trying to make a company? Johnson. Yeah, his plays is in it as well. I think he makes a cameo. So there's like a few of them from that. So if you like those. Uh, and it's obviously got like Keegan Michael Peel in it, uh, Michael Key, sorry, yeah, uh, well. Michael Peel, Keegan Michael Keel. They're just so synonymous <laughs> yeah. anyway together. So, but yeah, we've got uh, another piece of news, and it's kind of in line, obviously, with what we were saying before. But basically, one of the things that is coming into public domain uh, is going to be the original, like Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie style things. Not and regular Mickey Mouse. No, not those regular. are different. Exactly, those are very subtly, obviously, different. So they're not quite in public domain mm-hmm. yet, but. Following in line with the Winnie the Pooh film that was released last mm-hmm. year, the horror film, Blood which and honey. everyone hated. Yep. Like, very much so. We are getting a steampunk Willy horror Steampunk Willy? Steampunk no, Willy, no, no. sorry. Steam- <laughs> you're onto something here. <laughs> James, you struck Willy. gold and public domain. Easy. We can do it. Here we go. <laughs> we need to, like, um, we need to hurry and copyright this. <laughs> but Steam Steamboat Willy is getting a horror film. 
I don't know how I feel about this, to I, be honest. Oh, I know I, how I feel about this. Yeah, I feel, feel bad about yeah. it. You don't like this? I think an it's, it's an obvious cash grab, right? Yeah. Like, it, maybe maybe someone is, like, passionate about this, but and they've just been waiting 20 years for this mm. to finally become public domain so they can actually make it. Yeah. But it's very clearly like, oh, people recognize this. They'll see the edginess of Mickey Mouse with blood. Someone will go see this. I can make it for no money. Let's go. Yeah, I mean that's what the that's what the Winnie the Pooh stuff was, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone had a maybe maybe there was just there was there for fun. Like, yeah, I like when the trailer came out for it, or like you got the first original images of it. I was kind of like, oh, this could be this could be something like this. This is <laughs> at least an interesting sort of like spin on it. But then obviously all the footage and everything, I was like, this uh, it's just not what I wanted. Yeah, do you think things like this can work at all, or <laughs> do you think it's just something that should just be left alone? No, I think there's definitely room for creative input. Like, but the route of cheesy B film horror movie yeah. is so easy, yeah. and like you know, there's an audience because there are people who really love it. Yeah, I think if you if you you can do something original with these IPs and do something, mm. I don't know, just even just kind of cheesy and weird. Yeah, that's still something. Yeah, this is like the idea of oh, remember your children thing, but now edgy and bloody and dark mm. is so overdone there's not really anything there yeah but like i don't know you can do something with it right yeah you could make something like you could make a good film with something this uh, it doesn't have to be like i guess horror it could just be thriller and like something yeah. interesting like a bit of intrigue a bit of mystery maybe oh i would love a romance yeah, rom- yeah you could do a, ro- a romance film of something of like i want steamboat mickey mouse and <laughs> oh what is the cat's name in steamboat willie the big cat i think yeah. his name is like brutus or something something like that hold on we gotta let me find, let i just i just want a, some some yeah yeah some, in a, the notebook style love story yeah yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's something there <laughs> there's something there i'm sure of it See, what that's do you want i care for your love if you're a boat i'm a boat <laughs> do you ever see a mouse standing in front of a girl <laughs> <laughs> also like they didn't talk in the original ones no so i like so you really do anything with it yeah to be honest there's something in there yeah there's something there some of the other some of the other properties that are like coming to obviously public domain soon there's a couple of like donald duck properties that are coming out didn't there's, think they were gonna lose that one no somehow. i don't think it's like official full donald duck i think it's like one of the steam but willie yeah yeah like that esque sort of thing for those of us that don't know what is steamboat willie <laughs> it's the well, original you... uh the original mickey mouse cartoon where he's just on a boat whistling yeah so in, in oh. a bunch of different disney things will have like the little whistling tune that plays in the front that's from the original steamboat does willie. it look very cuphead-esque it is exactly yes, exactly yeah, it is what yeah. is inspired yeah. cuphead so yeah. the sort of i think it's like rubber hose like wiggly sort of like yeah, line art animation very style. Mm-hmm. bouncy yeah yeah um, exactly yeah. that yeah so that style of mickey mouse yeah is now available for anyone to use yeah only in horror movies only in horror though. movies apparently or rom-com love stories in the form of the notebook <laughs> we're gonna get there <laughs> we can make this happen i built yeah. you a house ha <laughs> 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 this does he buy him a house in the is there a house buying in the notebook? She no, he builds her a house. Builds. I've oh, seen the yeah. last third of it. It was her house, and then they're yeah. outside, and he's like, "What do you want?" And there's the classic like meme of it with the takeaway, and it's like when you ask your girlfriend what she wants, he's like, "What do you want? What um, do you want?" But he does not go ha ha at uh-huh. any point in that film. Ah, uh, 
Might I also suggest if you are going to watch the Notebook, watch the first two thirds so you get the emotional payoff of the last third. Mm. It doesn't work so great. <laughs> no, it doesn't work great. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think there's there's a couple of others as well. I think like Tarzan is approaching public domain as well, like spin off of Tarzan or something. So you could probably man swings through jungle. Horror. George raised. George by does that one. A, I was going to yeah. say, how is Tarzan different? Is from it George just the, the name? Tarzan? I think it's just the name and like some of the because like you could make man raised a by guy apes. raised by apes, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't be like, no, uh, that's ours. Yeah, I think you'd have to be very careful in the wording so i'm reading here it's as of like 2024 the first 11 books of tarzan are in the public oh, domain 11? there's 11 books of tarzan i'm very so curious like later tarzan issues are in too. later issues are still under copyright but okay does tarzan yeah. learn to read i think so i'm because very there's, a, there's a whole scene there's growth. a whole there's a whole arc where he goes to the modern world oh like, yeah, there's yeah, that yeah. Whole there dr- like i just have an image in my mind of him wearing a blue cardigan or something yeah and like he's he's trained by jane have i like, missed some this was not in your first one right he, there he's yeah, uh, like a big like the original no film, no it's like, not in the no? first no, no, no. And then he's at like a dinner gala and he like yeah, runs yeah. outside and jumps on rooftops. He, I thought he like starts swinging from the chandelier or yeah. something. And he's like, Ooh. But this is not the first one. The <laughs> yeah. first okay. one is set all on the island. Oh, yeah, pre- yeah. Yeah, this is like the second maybe or a, some something. But I do yeah. know what you're talking about. I'm just really invested in Tarzan's growth now. Yeah. Oh, well, well, go ahead. We'll it's go public domain. It's books. all you. Oh, yeah. If you want to see what you do with it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's going to conclude our new segment for today. We're going to crack on into our interview segment so stay tuned we've got a really exciting guest coming up uh so this is the segment of the show where we bring on a guest every week to talk about either a movie or tv property that's really important to them and it's a monumental day today we've actually got our first guest on the podcast it's a very good friend of mine we've known each other since we were kids and it's my good friend nick joseph how you doing hi yeah yeah i'm all right how <laughs> are you first new voice on the pod i really like it you might have heard the voice you might very you very quietly in the you might have heard before. heard the giggles yeah. in the background because <laughs> we're so uh, funny it's very it's very fitting that you're our first guest because obviously you are part of the reason as to why this whole thing is possible it's you're very behind the scenes in terms of making it all work and making everything tick so yeah, I'm really glad that you're here, and I'm really glad. I'm, I know the other guys are really glad that you're here as well. Yeah. You fit seamlessly in with us as well, so really glad. It's a big statement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's, Nick's I'm been pretty as my in very close room. friend, whereas me and Will have just got work friends. Yeah, yeah. So now we're podcast <laughs> we're friends. A little bit jealous. Still, still modifying. Yeah, still modifying. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Kung Fu Panda Two. We're going to sort of briefly touch on obviously Kung Fu Panda One as well. But Nick, did you want to just give us a little rundown of the plot of Kung Fu Panda 2? I like to start off with that every segment. Sure. So Kung Fu Panda 2 is a film about a panda (laughs) that does Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, they really bury the lead there. Just, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's the story of, uh, I say it's about the panda. It's really more about a peacock who's the, Mm. the villain of the film who decides to take over China using firework cannons. (laughs) <laughs> is probably the most succinct way to put it. Yeah. And it's about Poe the panda trying to stop him from doing that and finding out about his past in the process. Finding out yeah. himself. And finding himself. Again. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, which is kind of a running theme throughout the whole the whole series, really. For sure, yeah. I um, I really enjoyed 
this one. I'd never actually watched any of the Kung Fu Pandas Again, at all. He, James doesn't watch any of our I movies. I don't watch any movies, apparently. <laughs> I started a movie podcast and I don't I don't watch any movies we've you, discovered. Out of every guest we've had, you've seen none of their of, movies. Of all of, the, of all of the guests Before. we've had with our first guest. Well, me and Will as well. Oh yeah, that's Not true. Watch our movies. If you broke it down by percentage, I've watched very few I've, of the films so far. I'd seen 100% of the previous three before we started this. Damn it. Um, and you'd seen... 33%. I need to preemptively say, like, watch the films now. Like, watch them before I tell you guys about it. Just then... for reference, you mean, like, before you, we suggested bringing mm. them on the pod? Not, yeah, like, exactly. before yeah. you got to do the interview, yeah? <laughs> no, we just turn up every week, like, so what is this film? So, so, so James hadn't actually seen the Batman. Um, no, no, never. I just I just picked a random Just movie. winged it. it was, I <laughs> love that first scene. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I'd never seen any of the Kung Fu Pandas at all. And I think, like, I watched them back to back. So... They are kind of blurring a little bit into one, but what does sort of help a little bit as well is that there is obviously quite big differences between them. But let's start with you. What do you love about this movie? Why is it that you've felt that to bring this on would be a good fit? Yeah, I mean, it was hard to choose something to bring on because like, like you guys have alluded to with, with James, I, we don't, I don't really like movies that much. <laughs> like, I don't watch that many movies. Great pick for a movie um, podcast. So, so you brought me on as your first guest, which I really appreciate. But we talked about doing other things, like bringing on like a, a show. So I wanted to talk about Gilmore Girls, which I've watched mm-hmm. so many yeah. times, really big comfort show. Or, or I thought about bringing on the Ender's Game film because I really love the books, but really yeah. I just wanted to talk about the books. Like I don't want to talk yeah. about the movie. Yeah. And we are um, anti-books on yeah. this podcast. We don't do books here. We don't do books. Uh, so I, I thought, like, what film have I watched that I just loved all the way through? Yeah. Like, there, I think there's maybe one thing I would change about Kung Fu Panda 2. Wow. And we'll like, definitely get to that yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's such a minor thing as well. I, I've been watching, I just wanted something to watch. So I put Kung Fu Panda 2 on and I was watching it again and I was like, actually by the end of it I was in tears I was like this is I love this film and it makes me like emotional every time because sometimes you just put on a kids movie because you're like I don't want to have to do emotional labour Yes. Does anybody else get that? Or you're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the problem yeah. though, because then you kind of do anyways. You kind of do anyway, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So that's kind of how I feel with this one. Like I was like, oh, I just want something nice to watch, and then by the time I've got to the end of the film, I'm I'm actually quite emotional about it. Yeah. And so the the film for me really has those core themes of really human stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is wrapped up in in silliness and Jack Black. Mm. So it's <laughs> he tricks you every time. He gets me every time. <laughs> animation for me has kind of transcended a little bit recently i've been watching invincible and i think just because like these days animation it used to mean oh it's kids films and it's it's this and that i think it deals with a lot of complex themes like i say watching them back to back helped it is considerably darker than the first one mm-hmm. like the first one's like oh, oh yeah. it's very fun and very jokey and all of this and someone's like i'm bringing guns oh, yeah i'm bringing guns <laughs> i'm bringing panda genocide <laughs> like, <laughs> lots of lots of dark themes so i really do get that like emotional side of it of that you were in in tears by the end i think it's a very emotional film it, i mean when i say i'm in tears i mean i'm not i'm not like bawling my <laughs> eyes out like it's just uh, the pandas it's more just like it gets you to think about what what matters and what doesn't so yeah. like i'm just gonna go straight in the spoilers right? I think. yeah, yeah, yeah sure. like at the end of the film there's the scene with shen the peacock and, and poe the panda at the end and, and you know shen's kind of done like he, he's <laughs> been defeated yeah. uh, and poe like says to him like you've, you've just got to let it all go none of it matters mm-hmm. you've got to focus on the present kind of thing uh, and I'm, i was never really sure how i felt about that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. because it's very clear that the past does matter to him in that moment 
because that's how he ended up where he was. Yeah, well, for both of them. For both of them, absolutely. It's like, the choices you make now that matter. Mm. And Shen just decides to say, no, I'm not going to make a good choice. And that ends not so well for him, (laughs) unsurprisingly. But yeah, I just thought that that was a really interesting moment in the film where you say, well, how much does the past matter? But then the third film is all about him going exploring the, the Panda Village and kind of learning more about his roots and community that he didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how the, the past does him impact him in the present that he didn't know it. And they do set up for a lot of that in the second. Like the seconds where, I mean, so in the first film it's never addressed. And in the second film he's like, hey dad, you're a goose. <laughs> I'm a panda. Um, and then throughout the film he obviously realizes that that's not his dad. No, I say goose, does. now I'm thinking, is it a goose or a duck? It's a goose. It's a goose. Yeah. And he also, um, throughout the film, does realize it is his dad. Exactly. True. Very true. Bringing it back to what you were saying about, James, about animation transcending a bit and mm. the more adult themes that you see in things. It's a, a tiny bit of a spoiler, but mm. a future episode on a certain film. Yeah. For me, Drew Yaw's parallels to, to this in that both this and Enter the Dragon, films about basically a rogue martial artist from mm-hmm. a, a group that goes off and then the good guy who has to go and stop him so it is really weirdly now drawing a parallel between these two movies that are completely different so different yeah but definitely the more and more i've watched animations and watching the legend of Korra on your recommendation mm. there's so many adult themes sure, to yeah. them that you you don't see as a kid because if you did god would it yeah, be oh morbid being a child <laughs> but kung fu panda 2 definitely with with a lot of animations as well does that it yeah. you can watch it as a kid and you see the silly parts you can watch it as an adult and you see a lot more of the the more serious themes and i did really enjoy watching it i really enjoyed it too i think animation where you get these complex themes is where animation is heading Guillermo de Toro he did his Oscar acceptance speech and he said animation is cinema animation is uh, is the world it's just a medium yeah and I think people are realizing how powerful animation can be and they can they're, they're really building these complex stories this year we've had real groundbreaking films we've uh, go on and on and on about Spider-Verse is so good but yeah they, films like Kung Fu Panda really laid the groundwork for it you had one of the things that stood out for me watching both of these back to back again is that you have such differences between Tai Lung, is that his the first villain's name? Is yeah. the the Snow Leopard, mm-hmm. and then Shen in the in the second one. It's Tai Lung is obviously a martial arts expert. He's very physically imposing, whereas a peacock is beautiful but also arrogant. And I really like his characterization of that. So in terms of the villain, like going back to the two of them, what is it about Shen that you find compelling and so intriguing? I mean, I guess there's a few things. One, I mean, you can't really ignore Gary Oldman's performance in that role. Like, he just does an excellent job of voicing this character who has this very distorted view on his his own past Mm, as a a child. But also, as you say, with that arrogance Mm. that he brings to the role, because the Peacock isn't this intimidating character, it's not like a physically powerful Mm. presence. I mean, animation can really exaggerate those features so like mm-hmm. tai long long in the first one has like really glowing eyes in it he's massive like physically large on the screen yeah whereas with shen they had to because he was smaller they had to change the shots a lot to make it look more intimidating or, or to have kind of a regal presence i mm-hmm. guess so there's a lot of shots like face upwards he's like on a higher ledge mm. or he's looking down a lot at people 
they, they deliberately stage it so that he looks more intimidating yeah. than maybe he would be if he was just like stood next to any of the other characters or yeah. a massive panel. Yeah. I think they also gave him knives. So yeah. when someone's yeah, holding yeah. a knife, I'm usually pretty <laughs> intimidated. Yeah. Like you said, that in, in the first one, it's very much that the villain is physically strong and yeah. martial artist. And with this, the strength comes from, and maybe it's taking it to a overly analytical level but it's very much like technology in the modern world and he's like bringing forward the era of gunpowder yeah powder and in a really negative way it's sort of like the destructiveness of humans as as we progress and he's he's pushing that through of peacocks yeah that's where his strength comes from is mm. i guess lack of discipline and morals in a way which yeah. is why he strayed away from his original training and he's just like i just want power for the sake of it through any whereas at least with tai lun he's he wants it as like a i don't know like a purist martial artist mm -hmm. form and then in the second one it's a lot more like i'll i'll use whatever i can to yeah. you get a politician myself. and as opposed yeah, to yeah. 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 it's a good way of putting it yeah. he wants to obviously take over through through those kind of means i really love that his whole deal and kind of my interpretation of him as a villain, his characterization is again, because I watched them back to back. So there's a lot of the quotes stand out for me, mm -hmm. but master Ukwe in the first one, he's like, Oh, a person who tries to avoid his destiny is the one that sort of goes down that path. And that is, that's him. He obviously sees the destruction. He sees his defeat by a black, a, a warrior of black and white. Mm -hmm. And he does everything in his power out of fear to avoid that and he's really driven by that fear to push like forward and i think fear makes you do some sort of crazy things sometimes i'm gonna so so i know that nick will appreciate this yeah i'm, I'm gonna throw a quote that's very similar to what you just said from yeah. a, a show we watch which is we grew stronger in fear of you which is doctor who quote about the daleks but is yeah. a, a similar concept and that is yeah the the panda and and poe becoming like you say he tried to kill all the pandas and then yeah. ended up cementing his own destiny through yeah. i think this film really asked the question the overall theme of the film is like it's a very identity driven film mm -hmm. and oh, it really absolutely. asked that question of who you are do you I'm, do you feel inclined with that when you watch it who you, are you nick yeah, yeah. Who, who am i <laughs> who is nick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. all three films are very like first film he's finding his identity as the dragon warrior mm. second film finding his identity as his community the last his panda yeah. and then the third film is obviously him finding his identity as not the last panda yeah yeah i guess one of the things that i i found quite interesting about that theme is that they don't really bury they don't try and hide that mm. <laughs> at all it's very obvious that that's what they're doing like many characters say to him direct in the face who are you <laughs> there's actually a, a scene where shen says like who are you? Who do you think you are? Yeah. And instead of Poe responding with like, I'm the dragon warrior or anything like that, he says, who do you think I am? Mm. He, he doesn't seem to like be projecting any kind of identity for himself at that point. Mm. He's just like, clearly this peacock knows something about me that I don't. And therefore I don't know who I am. And, I, and so he's not giving that like positive mm. statement of who he is until the end where he's like, that stuff doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I am who I choose to be right now, which I thought was more interesting. It reflects back to the first film yes, when he gets the I dragon scroll. Both of them do an excellent job of tying in the themes of the whole movie into the climax. Yeah. Mm. In that, like, one, just his fight with Tai Long is... I, I love it so much. Mm. Mostly because it is very much Poe just, like... He's just bumbling dude, about, yeah, isn't he? He's just... He, but he, at the same time, he's absolutely embracing himself. Yeah. It is an excellent way through animation to sort of show 
how the way he moves and the way he is as a reflection of himself. And then they do that again in the second one a little bit differently. It was more of just a reflection of his acceptance of himself. Mm. Also, the water droplet and cannonball. Oh, beautiful. Mirroring. I, yeah, I want to give a little bit of credit to the overall animation as well. Again, we've, we've spoken about different types and, and this thing. And I think this is very unique in a lot of ways where Dreamworks. this is DreamWorks. And it's obviously you're, you've accustomed to it with sort of things like Shrek and, and other films that buy, buy DreamWorks. But this stands on its own in a lot of ways like that shot with the water droplet is amazing it's fantastic and there's a lot of shots in this in this film where it like changes animation style when they're doing mm-hmm, the backstories yeah. which is great and it's very they do like a lot of yin and yang symmetry to obviously like demonstrate how they're the sort of like two sides of the same sort two of coin in this two sides yeah. of the same coin <laughs> but yeah i, I want to bring it back to obviously talking about how how you feel about the film do you remember like the first time you you saw this film did you go and see it in the cinema or i have no memories of the first time I watched this <laughs> film. Like, there is no way I went to go and see this in the cinema. Mm. Just none. It doesn't matter who you were when you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's who I Stop choose it. to be when I watch it now. I remember that I watched the first one and that it was the first time that I then looked up whether there was going to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. Because this was the first film that I watched and was like, I need more of this mm. story. I know that it's self-contained and ends at the end of the first one. Like, there's no real need yes. for there to be a future one. Yeah. Um, whereas the second one doesn't do that. It sets up the it's third one, definitely. Like, hey, guys, we're but, doing this. But I remember watching the first one and getting really enthusiastic about it and Googling away at the time. And finding out that there was going to be six of them. <laughs> oh, my God. There's going to be six. There is going to be six. And I, like, every year I expect them to be like, well, this was the last one. They changed their minds. They did three and they're calling it a day. They, they just keep coming. I like, hope they maintain the quality and don't I end hope up so. too kung too furious by the end. Or something. <laughs> What's wrong with too kung too furious? If it follows the Fast and Furious of mm-hmm. milk it until it dies, I'll be really sad because, like you say, they're three incredible films. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a very powerful trilogy. I, I haven't seen the third one. I'm going to sit down and, and watch it, but from all accounts, I've heard that it's it's incredible and it, it's it was prior to a lot of other animations that have come out and there have been trilogies now it's like stands very much of being like a very solid three films i was a little curious i I wondered why when i first heard two i was like all right cool that's fine it wasn't until after i had sort of watched both i was curious what specifically about two you wanted to you you decided that really Mm. vibe with you as opposed to Kung Fu Panda 1, or just both of them? I guess in part it's both of them, but I don't tend to go back and rewatch the first one as much as I do the second one. And I think that there is like a markable step up in quality between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like I think the first one was 2007, 2008 mm. or something. Yeah. And the second one was 2011. And you can, you can if you watch them back to back. I watched them both this morning in prep, but the second one, I feel like it's gotten to the point in animation quality where it will be timeless. Mm. whereas I feel like the first one was just just a bit before that peak yeah. and you can kind of notice it if you're watching it it doesn't there's a little feel rough edge. yeah there's a little rough edges here and there mostly just in like background detailing and, and side characters or they didn't I feel like these films have amazing lighting yeah. like yeah. any animation that has to have its particular style that, that holds it through it feels like they did all of this in golden hour like the entire film China's actually just always about 4.45 yeah (laughs) late October the second film's a lot darker than the first film isn't it the the first one was very much 
bright daylight. Mm-hmm. And then the second film has a lot of nighttime scenes, mm-hmm. which emphasize the reds and the fire and the cannons and everything. So very different lighting. But I agree with you, the the lighting is incredible in both. Mm. And particularly in the second one, they, they relied heavily on the red. Yeah. Right. Yeah, where any yeah. like any scene that Shen is in, it's like <laughs> we're gonna change the lighting to be Backlit, red. red and orange. Backlit red, yeah. there's a fire and furnaces and all this. Lanterns and then the ship sails. They contrast that immediately with any time it's like the panda environments mm. or with Shifu at the beginning, it's all green, green and blue. Yeah. It's yeah. like cool tone and then straight to red whenever yeah. Shen's on screen. Even Poe's backdrop in most of it is him against the night sky, him against mm. the ocean, which is always blue lit opposed to the the very red on the the side of shen i have a a hot take about the first one (laughs) which is that poe is not the kung fu panda i don't even know how to (laughs) is the kung fu panda and kung fu panda one okay if you you think about the story of kung fu panda one Mm -hmm. how much of it is really about poe mostly around poe it's like we're seeing it through poe's lens yeah but the villain is tylo yeah who is so is shifu's apprentice yeah it's about shifu learning to be able to accept and teach this person who he doesn't think is capable Mm. it's far more like the the actual beats of the story revolve more in my mind around shifu than they do around poe yeah too many ages to realize he is a panda yeah he's a red panda (laughs) yeah i was just like i'm but how can he be a panda (laughs) oh wait he is a panda he's just he's just the little red red guy I, I feel like two is the one where it's really Poe's story. Yeah. I mean, there is also a lot of the significance. What is happening with the Dragon Warrior in like Tai Long's return mm-hmm. is completely divorced from Poe. When when we discover Tai Long escapes, I don't even think Poe's there. None of the emotional right. significance is around him. It is it is around Shifu. So hot take maybe, but still, it's weighted in something. Like Go you off, said. <laughs> <laughs> like you said with his fighting. Like, he's just kind of bumbling and finds himself in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. It, you're right, it's not him. Almost isn't his story. He just finds himself as the person who ends up having to, to stop. Yeah, it's also the villain. his story. I mean, it is also his story. Like, <laughs> he is still the like the lead character of mm. of the film, it's, I suppose. It's not... The, the movie isn't the Kung Fu Panda. It's just it's Kung just, Fu Panda. Maybe it should be Kung Fu Panda. It should be Kung Fu Panda. With a Z. <laughs> With a Z. <laughs> <laughs> one, one detail I did find out about the second one, just doing a bit of Googling around to find out when it was released, and, and was that they originally had different taglines for the second film. Awesome. That go they on. ditched. So I'm going to give you a chance to come up with <laughs> oh, what God. you think. I I'm springing this on you. Yeah. What you think the tagline, Kung Fu Panda 2, colon, what should it be? Shen's genocide. Uh, Shen's genocide. Oh, no, Shifu's genocide would be a very different story. <laughs> Every heart and fiber of my being is trying to say Electric Boogaloo, and that would not be <laughs> Kung Fu Panda uh, 2, Electric so Boogaloo. You no, know, it's so bad. My first thought is like, you put genocide in my head, and I'm just like, that's all so dark. Oh, I got it. Kung Fu Panda 2, Way of Water. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that would work. I mean, yeah. it works. So you've touched Avatar, which I was going to come to later. Yeah. And I'm just going to quickly... It very much reminded me of him with the water droplet and then the cannibals, yeah. water bending and sort of the yeah. curving it around his body and back. And equally, his fighting style in the first one is much more like air bending in terms mm. of he's just accepting and flowing with his movements. I mean, yeah. there's a reason for exactly. that. Exactly. It's which the is, martial arts is, is tai chi. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, like in the first film, it's all kung fu. Mm hmm. In the second one, there's actually not masses of kung fu going yeah. on, which I think way more benefits Poe. Anyways, I think yeah. he's all about sort of like 
just redirecting things and using yeah. weight yeah. in a way that mm. benefits him because I mean he is a weighty guy he's a big boy he's a, he's a big boy <laughs> um, but like I'd also like I don't know it's a much much mice, nicer fight yeah and he's a nice guy so it's, it's a good way of depicting good and bad mm. <laughs> like the guy who's like just like being like moving things around as opposed to punching you in the face yeah. all the time yeah 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 Kung Fu Panda 2 not punching you in the face all the <laughs> time. <laughs> is, is it back to the tagline. Yeah. To be fair, I would watch that. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 2 Knife Bird. <laughs> yes. Are you going to read out? Are you going to read out several now? And then we we have to figure out which one is the actual. Oh, I wish I'd done. The one they went with. Okay. Well, they, I don't. I mean, you know which one they went with. They went with none of them. Yeah. They went they with Kung Fu Panda Two. Which. Um, oh, probably, and they didn't have anything. There was no tagline. Okay. No, no tagline. Th- this is as far as I know. This is true. I could be wrong, mm. but. In my in my googling, I found out originally it was going to be Kung Fu Panda Two Pandemonium. Oh, <laughs> oh no! So Which glad would they have didn't been do so that. Bad. Also, would have made more sense for the third one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then they changed it to the Kaboom of Doom. Ooh, better again. than Pandemonium. Is it? <laughs> Still not. No, better. it's is better it? than better than Pandemonium, but it is it is not better than Pandemonium. It is because Pandemonium's too. It on is the weak. Nose. I feel like neither of them are remotely related to this. Oh film. no, they're no, both no. terrible. They're just but Pandemonium to me is too on the nose. Yeah. At least Kaboom of Doom is just stupid throwaway. It, it just doesn't sit well with me because it's like, it's a film about genocide yeah. in a way. He used, like, he used was... explosives to murder a whole people. Yeah. Like, unless, I guess that is a Doom. But like... <laughs> unless they were planning on renaming the cannons in the in the film the kabooms of doom kaboom of doom sounds very singular which then it should just be one giant cannon that was like (laughs) the end goal of this thing well that's kind of what they thought it was at the start i guess i do love the scene where he takes down what he thinks is the tiny cannon (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then it turns out he's got obviously loads more i love that i found Mm -hmm. that really funny i do also i i like how that that sort of realization also then feeds into like I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I love the foundry scene so much mm. just because I think it makes for a very interesting like fight and also a setting. But like it's rooted in the whole that whole time. They're just taking and taking and just pillaging places. Mm. And you don't really think about it. But like they refitted like an entire city just to be a war station. I get very Lord of the Rings mm. Two Towers vibes from it. So also a second film in the trilogy yeah. where they're just destroying the, the forest and everything around Saruman's tower to make a, a war machine. Yeah, and Shen's make his things. claw in some white paint. And just yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very Uruk-hai-esque. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, like just having the changes present in the world and the setting. I think it's cool. And also, I like it when there's a whole bunch of boiling orange stuff around. It was pretty yeah. cool. I find it it's quite hard in in my mind to place how long how long Shen has had this plan in action. Mm-hmm. Because like so Poe has grown up since the genocide. Yeah. Are we are we, we going to take really guesses on Poe's age? We don't really know how old Poe is. Uh, 26 in the second film. Think, you reckon? Yeah, like round 20s, mid 20s, well, pretty good. No, how old Maybe a bit later? I'm going to go purely off of human years, assuming yeah, everyone yeah, ages yeah, the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much time has passed from the first to the second? Not very much, right? Probably like maybe one yeah. or two years, maybe. maybe. Not very much time at all. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on limb. I think he's probably like 19. Yeah, but you think he's, he's like, 18, like 17 18, in the first. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. he's pretty he's young. Because young. Yeah. Okay. it feels kind of like coming of age Exactly. Mm. So then Shen's been on this path for 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. Well, we're 20 years almost on the dot plus. 
and I think however long it took him to start like, doing a genocide. I feel like yeah. Shen, I, I would place Shen in his mid 40s. Yeah, that feels about right. right. About, probably about yeah. right, I guess. But it, it's just hard to know how long has he been pillaging surrounding villages that we just didn't know about. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a whole China to go to. Yeah. yeah. China's a pretty big place. And like, what's he been doing? Like for 20 years. For 20 years. I guess he's black places. powder as well. Oh, that's like, true. Practice some of his knives as well. you got to gotta make a lot of black powder. Mm. Apparently it's not that hard. Not that I'd know, but... <laughs> well, if you got yeah. something to tell us... <laughs> I am from America. Oh um, if, if his CIA agent is listening, <laughs> he was kidding. I was just Oh, it's joking. FBI as well as... Damn, I ruined the meme. No, that's fine. Both are crimes. <laughs> so we we alluded to obviously. Well, you you spoke about your favorite scene in like the foundry and and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think that's my favorite scene. No, no, the climax is, it is now. Scene. Yeah, we've got to talk about one moment in that though, where he's on the conveyor belt and he comes back mm-hmm. up the other side and he's like, "Hey," and then it's just a really long pause. <laughs> yeah. As I said, like that still cracks it's me up every good. time, I even mean, though it's I so shouldn't have obvious. said it so soon. Yeah. <laughs> I do but, love that. I mean. Just to throw it back, I think maybe they are about equal. I think the foundry scene is probably number two. Yeah. But just him moving cannonballs around is really good. And it's, it's I don't know, it's really good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's is climax. it really good? It's yeah. so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's a very good climax. But I figure we're going to, like, maybe we should talk about Nick's actual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, what's your what's your favorite scene and moment from, from the film? It's hmm. probably the climax. You also I mentioned like, a small thing you change, which oh, I do which want to definitely, yeah, we'll definitely Which is in that. that climax of Wow, film. okay. okay yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so my favourite scenes, I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll hedge, my, hedge it by saying scenes, because <laughs> yeah. it could be, with a Z, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of many, but, but I really like the scene on their way to the city where he's trying to master inner peace. <laughs> um, because who hasn't felt that moment where you're mm. trying to be really calm mm-hmm. yeah. and you just end up going, inner peace, inner peace, inner peace, inner peace. <laughs> like, that is so visceral, yeah. the experience yeah. of like trying to calm yourself, trying to accept things how they are. And then when Tigress comes out and they have that conversation, I just think that's a really nice human moment yeah. in this film, which then makes the finale way better mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah. bringing it slightly to sort of like life taking it forward of what films sort of teach us you mentioned as well that you rewatch this a lot how often do you rewatch it and also how do you feel when you rewatch it these days uh how often do i rewatch it is a hard one mm. um because it's not it's not one of those ones where i'm like I've got nothing to watch. I'll watch Kung Fu Panda again. Yeah. Like, I need something cozy. I'll watch Kung Fu Panda. Like, there's never, like, a particular mo- inciting incident that mm. makes me want to go and watch Kung Fu Panda. It's usually just, I want a really good film to watch. Or, like, I'm feeling a bit down. And I just want to watch something good yeah. that I know mm. is good and I don't want to have to, like, gamble on it being good. Mm. And then I watch it and I usually find something new in it every time. Yeah. Like... The big themes are really obvious, but thinking more about the other characters and their mm. experience of it is always really interesting to me. So, like, when you had the the two people who are locked away in the prison, yes. they could escape at any time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a one-off scene, and you could do you could think way more about their story through this whole thing mm. and what they've been going through. So, I, I try and like focus on the other characters when I do rewatch it. Yeah, definitely. But it's it's not. <laughs> It's not like I watch it every month or every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, 
It's a Friday. Gotta watch Kung Fu Sorry, I have to go watch Kung Fu again. Is it quite like a calming sort of presence for you when you watch it? Is it very comforting in, in that way where... Yeah, I guess it's interesting because usually when I rewatch things, I can just put it on in the background mm. and just be listening and doing whatever else. Mm-hmm. But with Kung Fu yeah. Panda, I tend to be like, I'm going to put it on, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's odd to me in that way because I very rarely do that. Mm. So it's nice to have a film that I do do that. I think part of that's because it's so visually Appeal. thrilling yeah. and brilliant. Yeah. I quite like that in the first one, all the 2D scenes are the 2D animation. But then when they do the 2D scenes in the second one, it's like the shadow puppet or not even yeah. like, they're like the paper puppets. Yeah, you can yeah. see like the circles so you can see where they would turn and if they were physical puppets. And there's like a scene with Poe's flashbacks when he's doing the water bending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only way to say <laughs> the, it. The, the water, water bending. bending. <laughs> he's doing the Tai Chi in that moment where it's going back into his memories. It's doing the 2D animation and then it switches to 3D in the past. <laughs> on on a diamond and that's the moment he has that kind of breakthrough is that when it jumps to him remembering his mum yeah yeah yeah. because he has like the remembering the happy things that are happening in the village beforehand Mm -hmm. but it's still in that 2d style yeah but then it gets to that key scene which he keeps flashing back to and it becomes the 3d animation so you say about how it's something you sit down to to watch uh, you don't put it on the background to listen to but equally the soundtrack for that film is something oh, yeah. that I could quite happily listen to mm. were I trying to find inner peace um, <laughs> or, or just generally reflect or meditate the soundtrack to the film is 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 beautiful oh and the audio design's brilliant as well they love a good sound effect film good douche <laughs> just get Jack back to do all the sound I was going to say it's very Jack back <laughs> is that is this the is this the thing? This is the thing I would change. Yeah. You <laughs> want the second, the second film? I would remove the skadoosh when he throws the cannonball. Back. Yeah, that is the through. one thing I would change because it's not very inner PC. Mm. It's not very inner PC. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't fit that moment of the film at yeah. all. Yeah. It feels like a throwaway reference to the first one mm. for no real reason. But I wouldn't take it out of the first one because I think it's funny. Yeah, I think it's excellent. The first I think it's one. excellent. It also speaks volumes that the only qualm you have is, is, with this film is, is a one line, joke. which is, is is pretty accurate. Like, it, like you say, there's not much else you need to change in the entire film. Hmm. No. Yeah. Did you did you have a favorite uh, scene or or moment, Mark, that you that you particularly resonated with? I think a lot of it for me is is drawing parallels between it and other things. Yeah. Which, like you say avatar is immediately drawn and because i'm watching that simultaneously that was really satisfying seeing the 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 parallels between that a scene that i dropped back to thinking about and did really enjoy is the the part where they're inside the dragon costume and they're just running down the street and then every now and again they eat a wolf and you hear him just get the the crap beaten out of him and then <laughs> spat out the back and it's really childish because yeah. as a kid you watch it and you go ha poop like he's, he's coming out the back but even as an adult I still appreciate that yeah. even as an adult you go ha funny poop. Yeah. I, I guess one of the things yeah. I really like about that scene though is like Poe is terrible at stealth and all the people in the city are just like well I guess there's a weirdo I just, yeah. <laughs> I just carry on with my day and also like that most of them probably never seen a panda for like twenty years but yeah. he's just so not good at hiding that it's almost just they're like ah whatever like if he was hiding and they saw him they probably oh my god a panda but he's just so obvious and terrible (laughs) i'm not touching Uh, that (laughs) but i i i do love i I do love that scene and how panicked everybody is inside the costume including Mm -hmm. the monkey who's i think my favorite background character 
You're Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Is it Jackie Chan? Yeah. Jackie Chan. Oh, the cast in this is crazy. Because Seth Rogen's the... He's the yeah. grasshopper. Yeah. Grasshopper? Oh. Your animal <laughs> like have been wild. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know how grasshoppers have huge claws? <laughs> well, in, in the third film, there's an elk. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> the, but... Yeah, I didn't realize Jackie Chan was the monkey. I mean, but I do really love the, the monkey in this film. Yeah. The cast in this film is crazy. Like, in terms of mm-hmm. big names. Tigress. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Oh, oh yeah. That is um, cool. You've got Lucy Lewis as the Viper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackie Chan's the monkey. David Cross is Crane. I think Jack Black's the, in this. He's uh, David Cross. <laughs> he's... Uh, he's... Um, if he's the David I'm thinking of, was he the Arrested Development David? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. The Never Nude. Yes. And... <laughs> Which, I mean, Crane does wear clothes, so. Yeah. As opposed to Viper. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Viper's just there, Jesus. not wearing clothes. I mean, could have put a tie on her, I guess. That's the best he got. Uh, you had Jean-Claude Van Damme as Master Croc. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, sure. Master Croc, and is it a bison? It's... I think so, yeah. Is the ox? ox. Oh, it's, an, it's an elk, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the prison scene you were talking about. Yeah. Like, I, di- I did. I, as a kid, you're going to see it very differently to an adult, and I did really like the scene because at first you're kind of like, oh, they're hiding because they're afraid, but they're genuinely doing it because they're like, if we escape, there'll just be more carnage and more people are going to get hurt. Mm. And it is a really nice scene that they're like, yeah, we'll just stay in jail because it's genuinely for the best. It probably doesn't speak volumes about you should always have hope, but I do <laughs> like that they're like we can't do anything like we're just going to lose and people are going to get hurt so we'll just accept this yeah i mean it could be a really straightforward story right where they where they go mm-hmm. they bust them out of prison and then they go and fight shen but they don't yeah. do that and i appreciate I think that they good. don't do that mm-hmm. i mean also like when you have your sort of characters self-imposed and keeping themselves there i feel like you feel even more for this plot you also feel like oh maybe it's a, just a good narrative decision to have these characters do that as you then see how much horror could be wrought. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you all, you don't get to see a rhino get blasted in the face by a cannon, but you feel the weight of it, right? And then when they do come and, and help save the day, it's even more impactful than just busting them out. Yes, you, yeah. you see the weight that they've, they've finally like, oh, maybe this can work. We've changed these two people's perspective very quickly one yeah. more scene that i did really enjoy the climbing up the tower as it's as it's yeah, falling down it's and i really down. enjoy everybody and the fact that they stick to the the animals as their abilities and things and that tigress and poe are the only ones not just like straight up jumping and running they're having to like flip each other up because yeah. tigress could but she knows poe would just sort of fumble on a ledge and yeah. not really be able to make it up okay. and everybody else just goes for it like yeah. monkey climbs the prey mantis and the snake just sort of sneak their they way just sort of do they it. just they do just <laughs> but poe and and tigress just flipping each other i really enjoyed that yeah that i love the team dynamic in this one i feel that one a lot more they're a lot more like accepting of him in that group i think like in the last one they're obviously trying to prove themselves as the dragon warrior and that obviously is a big big part of that movie but yeah and this one it's more focused on like how they work together as a team and like they all focus on each other's individual abilities and that yeah i think it's a really special film overall i think like my favorite sort of moment in this is right at the end when shen is defeated and he's obviously sat there and he turns to poe there's two lines from gary oldman going back to obviously what we said about his performance straight away but there's the line earlier in the movie where he says your parents didn't love you which is 
savage. So savage. And it's like, you see when he expands his feathers out and you, he gets the PTSD from obviously like him you know, genociding the pandas and that yeah. kind of thing. I think that's very powerful. And then finally, the moment as well that I love is when he's defeated and he turns to him and he says, how did you find peace? Like, how did you accept that? And I love in movies, Marvel used to be so good for this where they would have at the end of it after after the big fight i didn't really care much for the the big fight and in this one it's very different where it's very stylistic and it's very <laughs> it's very beautiful but it's i do love you're not fooling any love a big fight his his one takeaway is i could have done with more big robots in this film i think the fourth one is going to have big robots i really do but i love when the main character just sits and just talks to the villain at the end yeah. when he's defeated. I just love it. Like in Black Panther, when T'Challa speaks to Killmonger, when there's there's other films and other examples of it. But yeah, just having that moment of like acceptance and him knowing he's defeated and just, yeah, them sat chatting. I really appreciate that more so than any sort of like big fighters. And when Gary Oldman says... You're not the hero that China deserves, but mm. you're the hero that China needs. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy that. stuff, isn't he? We can go through it without a Batman reference. Yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> but yeah, if we were just to, to sort of close it out on obviously our, our conversation in terms of a message, why should people watch this movie in sort of like a one a one sentence thing for you? What's your sort of closing remark? It's a family film that you can mm. watch. And be like, that was nice. If you if you if you don't want to look into it too much, and you just want something that's nice to put on, that's interesting. It's visually quite stunning. You know, the soundtrack's amazing. Thank you, Hans Zimmer. If you just want something that's good, you can put it on and watch it. Mm-hmm. If you want to take it a bit seriously, I guess, which is what we've been doing. <laughs> there's a lot there. There's a lot there in the messaging. Mm-hmm. Some of it's very on the surface. Some of it, if you look at any of the characters, there's more stuff going on except for maybe like what's going on with mantis who knows this is not one sentence i'm sorry uh you can do a lot of heavy lifting with semicolons and commas i think you're okay Mm. hyphen 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 (laughs) the time of year to watch it as well right like it's very much a family christmas watch like sit down with the, the family and watch this. I don't know, like I don't know if it's a Christmas time movie. No? But it's not for me it is. snow. Yeah. No, um, not, not because it's got any Christmas vibes, but bells. to me, Christmas is the, the time to sit down and watch something that if everybody can enjoy. If I could change one thing about this movie, <laughs> <laughs> more skadooshes. <laughs> I'd have about three skadooshes. Can, can post skadoosh ornaments onto a Christmas tree, please? <laughs> I, actually, there is a scene with snow in. It's uh, when he gets abandoned. Oh, uh, shit. so I guess it's a Christmas yeah. movie. You know, when I want Christmas to have abandonment and genocide, in it. <laughs> strong themes of my Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a good family film. Yeah, I th- like. The problem is, I recommend Kung Fu Panda to people, and then they watch it, and they're like, "That was a film." I watched mm. Kung Fu Panda. Thank would, you, Joe. Yeah, they're yeah. like, "It was okay." I don't see why you like it. Whereas I'm like, "This film is so good." I think if you if you give it a chance more than just it's a kids film, if you take that lens off of it, and you, if you like animated films, then you will enjoy it a lot more. Mm. Like if you're not looking at it as a kids film, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's but it's good to you, and that's Absolutely. what matters. Yeah. So to hell with everybody else. <laughs> and that's exactly the sentiment, as we say every week. It's more <laughs> that's about exactly the sentiment. It's to hell exactly, to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about what the what the movie <laughs> to hell means to you. More of this in the world. To hell with everyone else. <laughs> I'm watching Kung Fu Panda too. <laughs> 
but yeah it's more about what the film is to the person and just want to thank you for obviously coming on for being our first guest thank you for having me if you have any films that you want to come on to the podcast and talk about then we'd be more than welcome to hear your story let us know what you think of kung fu panda 2 drop us a message on instagram we're at we are not movie critics and yeah we're going to move on to our next segment so stay tuned final segment of the show we're going to talk about what we're watching what we're reading what's on our radar really anything that we've done I guess over the last, since the last podcast. So. <laughs> over the last, oh wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get since that the away. last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on. <laughs> Mark, what you, what, what's been going on? What have you been watching? Uh, so not you, not Will, but me. But you, yeah. That's, You've been watching that's, you. That's a Harry Potter reference. Oh. Uh, not me. Not me. Not, not Hermione. You. you. <laughs> because that's what I've been watching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've obviously, it's been, oh, giving away when this it's been christmas yeah i've watched all the harry potters i've also started watching what if season two yeah which is good i think like as we constantly say i don't think it's gonna be as good as season one so far but maybe that's just me being cynical but watching that i've heard a lot of people have said good things about it and i think they've released sort of like the episode structure of season three and there's a lot of other ones that are quite big episode things like from season one, I haven't seen season two yet, but I heard season one is like, oh, what if this character did the thing instead? Yeah. Whereas this one for season three, I think they're doing like big arcs of like, oh, what if this entire thing changed like the entire course of that film or something? Okay. Yeah. And like did that. So I think that would be quite interesting. Pivoting back to obviously like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. it was Christmas time and like a lot of people. It's time to watch it. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of people watch those at that time, which is your favourite. Okay, you my favourite is, is a different is a different th- yeah. This yeah. is one I've had many long debates about. Yeah, yeah. My favourite, in comparison to common opinion, mm. just because everybody has a favourite and that's easy. But I really rate Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, you really like Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy Chamber of Secrets, okay. which gets largely slated as the yeah, worst. Yeah. And I, I I really enjoy it. I don't know if that's because. I'm like, Haha, you think I'm going to not enjoy a Harry Potter? <laughs> Joke's on you, everyone else. But I absolutely love Chamber of Secrets. But I think uh, on rewatches, it always changes. But Half-Blood Prince hits. Alan Rickman's performance. It's just incredible. Yeah. And then Deathly Hallows Part 2, mainly for, again, Alan Rickman's Snape sort of redeeming in Harry's eyes. But rewatching that, I did get a bit of a gripe, which is, yeah. spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen <laughs> Harry Potter yet, Harry goes off to die. After yeah. seeing in the Pensieve that Snape's Mr. Good. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't tell anyone. Just He was just going to die and let Snape just go down as a villain. <laughs> um, which I'm like, that's a bit of a dick move. Like, it's like, this is for all those times you were mean to me in yeah. potions class. <laughs> you could have been like, oh, by the way, Ron and Hermione, Snape was the good guy. Yeah. But he thinks he's going to go off to die and he's yeah. the only one who knows this. But yeah, I, I think I do Prisoner of Azkaban as well. Yeah. If you're 17 years old and you have a teacher who absolutely hates you and you hate them back <laughs> and you learn one redeeming thing about them, do you still try to like... I mean, not, or do you the like, one redeeming thing about him is like so, he's the best person. I was say, it's a pretty I big, strongest person I don't, in the films. I don't think he's the best person in the films. He's, I really pretty, don't think so. Maybe not the best, but he's still he's pretty good. He's questionable. He's on the side of good. Yeah, he sits between. Our, he's our not board. a wizard Nazi. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He's at least one a mark in the good column, I guess. <laughs> good egg, Snape. What about what about you? Will? What's uh, what's been over the Christmas yeah, period for you? Christmas has been. I mean, so like my brother is a big fan of like really old, terrible Christmas movies. 
so Over the hedge uh, i don't know <laughs> if that one counts as a christmas movie but they're like I can only stomach so much of it, but some of it is very good. There's a movie called The Christmas Tree, which I only listened to because I was like, I can't watch this again, Michael. But it is uh, truly insane. Like, it implies that Santa, like, I think kills, like, the, the antagonist of this. Oh my God. He just sort of, like, I'm maybe misremembering Does he just it. click, blips them out of existence? or No, he just sends magic sparkling something. Maybe I'm misremembering it because I did only listen to it. But as far as other Christmas movies, uh, yeah. for the first time, I watched A Muppet's Christmas Carol, and I've been telling everybody how incredible it is. Because yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine's performance in A Muppet Christmas Carol is top-notch. I love <laughs> the idea of you just being like, have you heard of this film? I mean, you I... should go and watch this. So many people, like, well, the thing is, I told them, like, I, like I tell people that I've watched it and they're like, Oh, I used to love Muppets. And it's like, I have never watched this movie. <laughs> uh, but it is so he like, it is incredible. He is acting his ass off oh, for yeah. Muppets movie. Yeah, yeah. And it really elevates all the Muppets performances. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone discuss it in this it was before. so good yeah. like he, he 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 plays an excellent scrooge when yeah. he says humbug i'm not taken out of it it's believable it's, it's, it's like you are the kind of person who would say humbug and i'm like i yeah michael kane you got it is there a is there a remake of it or is this the one is jason seagal in one of them i swear not, uh, i think you're thinking of forgetting sarah marshall no no no, no. there's a there's a there's a muppets film i <laughs> swear maybe I swear he's in a Muppets film. He might be. I don't know. Yeah. But um, my, my Muppets understanding, I was never a huge Muppets guy. Like, yeah. I watched Sesame Street, but that's not Muppets. Yeah. Like, I, my, I, I've opened a whole new world of, of Muppet stuff. Yeah. I need to go watch Muppets Treasure Island. You do, now. yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not Christmas anymore. Still, highly recommend Muppets Christmas Carol. There you go. It is also like, it is ex very true to the original Dickens yeah, novel. Yeah. Because, of course, after you watch Muppets Christmas Carol, you got to go do like the video analysis of a Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. And like a lot of lines are like make for make redone, like exactly as how Dickens writes it. Yeah. Which I think was an excellent choice for a children's movie. Because yeah. <laughs> there's some really raw lines for this children's movie, including like, in, in the original, Scrooge is like, oh, the poor can die because they're just excess population and it's fine. And they yeah, yeah. keep that in, basically. <laughs> in the Muppets. <laughs> yes. And, like, he, like, they kind of, like, they kind of dig at Scrooge for that. It's like, remember when you said this clearly awful, terrible thing? Yeah. And he, like, I think it makes it hit way harder. Yeah. It's just a very good movie. And also, <laughs> well, there's yeah, fun puppets in there. Definitely go check out The Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> if, even though it's past Christmas, still a good film. It's well approved. Yes. <laughs> I, if you were waiting for a reason to watch it, I can, I'm can. i telling you now. You can trust, you can trust Will. For sure. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah, how about you, what James? You so, Christmas, I had like a lot of time. I flew abroad to Christmas this year, so I had a lot of time like on the plane uh, things to catch up on shows. One of the shows that I was watching was The Bear. I finally yeah. got around to it. Like, it's taken me time to obviously watch the two shows that, like, have been recommended by you guys to me. And, yeah, The Bear was one of those two. We've spoken about Sense8 before on, on previous episodes. But, yeah, I'm in love it's with this show. So I, good, yeah, right? I, I don't want to become one of those people that's, like, now that I've seen it, I'm going to start recommending it to people. And I will, because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But and I give credit to you. You recommended it to me first. It's incredible. It's absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. I know what I'm watching then. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like so heartfelt there's so many moments of mm -hmm. like just don't get me wrong it's a very anxiety inducing oh show extremely it's, it's a fast-paced kitchen but there's moments of like there's genuine human moments there was 
when I was watching season two, I'd been told that there's an episode in there in the middle, which is like an hour long, and it is just yeah, it's just un- incredible. Seven fishes, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's so many guest stars in that episode as well. They just pop up. They just like they play his family. There's like names you just wouldn't expect. They're in there mm-hmm. as well. There's um. I'm not even going to spoil it because I think part of the appeal is not knowing who those people are and who's playing who and that kind of stuff. But it's incredible. And I've got one episode left. I've got the finale to to watch, which I haven't watched yet. Because I'm like, I don't want it to end. And I know that season three has finished filming. So they're doing part three, Mm -hmm. um, which is coming soon. So I'm going to check that out as well. But yeah, definitely, if you haven't seen it, I'd check it out. It's fantastic. And then the other thing as well was Invincible season two. So they yep, released yes. the first half of those episodes, which was like four of them. There's going to be eight in the the season as a whole. And the first four, again, incredible. It's really great stuff. Like I loved season one mm-hmm. and they've really upped the animation. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. I have watched. They've, they've, yeah, they've upped the animation. So it looks fantastic. Sort of. Sort of. They watched, they upped the animation for scenes yeah so yeah. sometimes it looks incredible and other times yeah, yeah. it's just a normal show yeah but even like even in the ones oh, where I it love it normal mm-hmm. i think it's like sometimes on some of the occasions they do it because it's like it's faithful to like the comic book page and it looks like really good of, of how they've done it but like yeah the storyline in that is really it's really great and yeah i'm looking forward to the second half of that season it's very believable and i, I like where the direction it's going mm-hmm. and like one of the things they said was they can use this show to kind of like expand on some of the things that they did they didn't expand on in the comic books and mm-hmm. make it a bit more make sense so i think some of the relationships that we'll see are very a lot more believable because they've had time to like yeah craft the script and the dialogue a bit better than they did in the the comic do you know if the the adam eve episode was like based on any comic stuff or is that original? i think that was i uh, and again like i don't want to obviously if if let us know if I'm wrong about this, but I think it was an, an all original thing that they just went. I mean, or, we'll check out. I think it wasn't completely original. I think it's been like little pieces of it had been like done in the comic book, but then the whole thing as a whole, they'd like done it as <laughs> like weaved it together and like filled in some of the blanks there. And it's incredible. Like, I loved that episode. Yeah. I think the voice acting in particular in Invincible is just really I great. mean, the cast is stacked as hell. Yeah. Like, I mean, anything with Steven Yeun is just already going to be like, sign me up, let's go. Exactly. Um, But then, I mean, also, you've got what I like. Why am I blanking on J. Jonah Jameson's name? (laughs) Um, Just think of it as J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) Uh, But it's um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Simmons J.K. Simmons, uh, also absolutely incredible. He kills it. He kills it. Literally, he kills it. (laughs) (laughs) Both of your your shows have Gillian Jacobs in it, too. They do, yeah, they do. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I was one of the one of the oh, guest yeah. stars, Oops. but yeah, that's it's it's fantastic. So now I'm not gonna watch the bear. <laughs> because, because Britta's in it. Let us know what you guys are watching as well. We're always interested to hear what you've got going on. And we'd love to hear things to watch. We'd love suggestions. So let us know on Instagram. We are at We Are Not Movie Critics. Drop us a DM. And yeah, we're gonna have a new episode in two weeks' time. So we'll see you then. I love Bye. you. Bold commitment. <laughs>